Wait. Hey. Whoop. I go hard cuz. Hey y'all, hope you guys are doing good today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I told y'all the other day I ordered my shirt. Let me go ahead and oh, slow one for y'all real quick. Yes, honey. Sipping tea all Christmas long, now available. Okay, so I'll put the link down below. Thank you to everybody who's grabbed um, a ugly Christmas sweater shirt. We spent all last month designing it, and I love it. I love this. You know, y'all know I love my characters, my little anime characters. So yes, go ahead and copy one. I just posted the link down below. So thank y'all so far for the support. You know, we've been getting a bunch of sweatshirts and hoodie sales, so I really, really appreciate it. But I hope you guys are doing good on this Thursday. I can't believe how fast this week is going. It is insane. We got a lot of tea to get into, so come on in, come on in. Let me make sure I have everything pulled up here. It's so much going on right now. I don't wanna be on here super long, but I'm gonna try and be on here as long as I can, and then I gotta go, okay? <laughs> Mama gotta have a life too, okay? So I hope y'all are doing good. There is a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, I for sure got to talk about this whole 50 Cent and Rick Ross situation. 50 Cent is literally the king of petty. He is taking the petty level to a whole nother level. Now, y'all know he's been trolling and going in on Diddy. He says that he's about to put out a whole surviving Diddy um, documentary, which is very ironic because people have been asking me for years to do a Diddy documentary. And it might, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say yay or nay. But it might be a Christmas present for the tea sippers, okay? For the Patreons, the YouTube members, and the Discorders. Um, that might be y'all's gift. Because y'all have been asking me literally for the past five years to do a deep dive on Diddy and all his fuckery. And um, now that everything's coming to light, I definitely feel more comfortable. Because I used to get drugged really bad anytime I wasn't kissing this man's ass. Um, the fact that I refused to, you know, entertain his new moniker, Brother Love. And so now that all of this is coming out, um, I do feel more comfortable digging back into the past and, you know, even editing some of the videos I've done lately, um, you know, with making the band and and um, Danny D. Kane and, you know, how I've just been speaking on all this for the past few years with Mace, who was like one of my favorite rappers, you know, growing up. And um, just to see like how many people he's just done wrong is insane. Like literally insane. So this documentary is probably going to be like my Master P documentary. And y'all know my Master P documentary was two parts. <laughs> it was eight hours total. The fact that I spent two weeks editing an eight-hour <laughs> Master P documentary, I'm still low-key embarrassed, but I shouldn't be because everybody loved it. But the fact that I made an eight-hour Master P documentary still blows me. Like, where did I even find the time to do this? But... You know, it took me back in time. You know, that was a part of my childhood. I was team no limit. So, you know what I mean? I just know about the whole no limit come up and, you know, and I just hate the fact that him and Romeo were just such liars. I'm like, you guys are liars. Like, you guys forget we were here. You can lie to the new generation, but we were here. And Romeo, you acted like you own rap snacks, okay? So we're not going to do that. So I think um, I will work on it. Uh, my own little Diddy documentary, but 50 Cent is also, you know, he got he got a bigger budget than me. 
So he'll probably have like, you know, the victims, you know what I'm saying, speaking and shit <laughs> with disguised voices talking like, yeah, dude, he's stuck it up more ass. You know what I mean? So his, his budget will be bigger than mine, but y'all know, my deep dive still hit though, regardless. Yeah, ICDC college! <laughs> People forgot about them ICDC uh, commercials because he was just lying. Like, you know, I didn't get to go to college and, you know, I wasted my whole life running behind my dad. I'm like, dude, you literally got a free ride to UCLA because of DeMar Rosen. Like, do you act like we weren't here in 2004? Like, Master P and Romeo just be lying, just be lying. So I'm glad I did my deep dive exposing all their damn lies and their tricks and fuckery. So I think this one with um, Diddy will be very, very interesting, okay? And so I'm trying to just think back of like all the groups that he screwed over. So I might need y'all to help me because um, it's just so many. That group B5 or B12, whatever the hell their names is, the little Puerto Rican boys, he screwed them over. Whatever happened to Dream? Remember, he loves me, he loves you not. That was my song. I don't know what happened to little white girls. They were signed with Bad Boy. Nothing came of them. Like, it's just so many people. Yes, total. And matter of fact, like I told you, I've met um, Kima, um, f uh, was that, Keisha? Kima from, from Total. And, you know, they're not doing the best. Like, they're still, you know, they're still trying to do their music, but they're not living great like how Diddy and Justin and the rest of his family is living because he gave everybody's publishing to his kids and his mom. You know, so it's it's crazy. Oh, day 26. Yep. Can't forget about them. Who else? The locks. Oh, yeah. I remember when uh, Jada kissing them went up to the breakfast club to confront him to make him or he caught up to the breakfast club to confront Diddy and they went back and forth. That was crazy. 112. Whatever happened to 112? Oh, my God. Peaches and cream was my song. Whatever happened to them? Old Town. He wasn't. No, Old Town wasn't signed to Diddy. That was the other. That was Lou Pearlman's group. And we know how that ended up. Lou Perlman wasn't shit either. But um, Young Jock is still around. Donnie, the white boy, the white boy singer, Donnie. So I'm going to have to go back through this chat and take down names. I remember Donnie. He was dope. Carl Thomas, I don't know what happened to him. Mario Winans, where's he at? What happened to Mario Winans? Craig Mack died recently. Sherry Dennis, I remember her. Oh, y'all are bringing it back. Carl Thomas. Black Rob, he died. Loon. Well, Loon is Muslim, and he says that Diddy didn't screw him over, so there's not really a whole lot of tea to spill with Loon. Loon was already in the music business, so he was pretty savvy, so they don't have any, like, real smoke towards each other. But, um, yeah, it's gonna, uh, yeah, I can't wait, child. I can't wait. So anyways, let's get into this whole 50 Cent debacle, right? Give me just a second here. Um, so recently, The Breakfast Club was talking about uh, how 50 Cent is diabolical and, you know, 50 Cent has jokes and everything else. But before they were even talking about that, if you guys don't know Rick Ross and Meek Mill, they, uh, they just dropped like a joint album or something together. And they only sold like 30,000 copies. And you know, it's really low, but again, you know, low album sales are to be expected in this day and age because everybody streams, like this isn't 2005. So 50 Cent was making fun of them and basically saying, um, let me share my screen real quick so y'all can see this. You know, he, he keeps his foot on Rick Ross's neck, child. So 50 Cent, 
He took to his Instagram page and he says 31,009 first week. Um, so basically making fun of Meek Mill and Rick Ross's um, album sales. And so then Charlemagne talked about it on The Breakfast Club. And then 50 Cent took to the, you know, had a video talking about their sales. And then Rick Ross, of course, you know, his response is, I'm rich. Look at my watch. I'm rich. So we're going to go ahead and um, be entertained with this foolishness. Give me just a second to pull this up here while we watch. Okay. Here we go. absolutely a diabolical genius if you look up the word diabolical and the definition of diabolical is genius then you know that is exactly what 50 cities do you know what diabolical means lauren no not by definition very evil but often intelligent i agree that that's 50. that's right you're standing on business here what shoes you got on my, my flip-flops but, <laughs> but most cancers are that you know what i'm saying we're very sweet very loving and we care about our people but we do hate as hard as we we love so leave, but, so leave us alone but, right your point was that he's doing things and moving business culture and all that stuff and it goes over people's heads absolutely now, so, now i will say uh too you know rick ross is a mastermind as well he's a master marketer and you know why because every video he posts he's promoting something so even in that video he's promoting bel-air mm -hmm. and 50 does that too by the way because if you're gonna go viral add some value to it so i respect uh both those brothers they all have different levels of genius and i was Everybody could just play nice. That's what I wish. He called you kind of cute. He said no, was, he did he not. That's not what he, he said, said. He said what you he said, said was kind of cute. Yes, he ain't called me kind of cute. He said what <laughs> I, he said what I said was kind of cute. Knock it off. You see what I'm saying? Let me show you 1,009 CDs. I shouldn't talk to you. Just got a DM say, Rose, we believe 50 Cent just made a comment about you online. I seen it and I said to myself, y'all don't know 50 Cent like I do. He wouldn't do that. But one of his bitch dream chasers, she been a dream chaser bitch for many years, still is. That's when she told me I was her favorite. But two, nigga, we been rich. We still get money. Them niggas was laughing at my first week sales. They was doing a million the first week, and I did 150, 180, and they was laughing. But you smell that salt water, right? I let them niggas trick me. Biggest. And something else I seen that I thought was actually kind of cute. Charlemagne referred to 50 Cent as a diabolical genius. And me, you know, thinking the way I think of Charlemagne, he would know better than that. A diabolical genius doesn't file foreclosure, doesn't bother. Nigga just having a little fun. Get to the money. Did money make you diabolical? That's what make you diabolical, Charlemagne. Stop dick riding. Hey, 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 when you talk to Rose, just know my pinky 700. You hear me? You hear me? You hear me? You hear me? That's that McQueen. That's that purple rain. Purple rain. Purple rain. Okay, let, bye. <laughs> He's so corny. Get the fuck off of my screen. All right, anyway, so after that went viral, right? After that went viral. 50 Cent came back with the super petty. Like, he's just not funny. He be trying to clap back, and he's just, he cannot read. Purple rain, purple, sir, shut up. He's just not funny. Like, his clapbacks don't be funny. I'm going to need somebody to write some clapbacks for Rick Ross. If he's not talking about cows in his front yard and barrels of hay, it's just like, sir, just, just stop. 
You're not the clapback king. So anyways, uh, 50 Cent after Rick Ross, you know, clapbacks her. Uh, 50 Cent ended up posting this. Now, this is crazy. Because I almost forgot about this situation with, uh, with Rick Ross. Okay, so 50 Cent took to Instagram yesterday. And this went viral all over social media. So he posted 50 Cent's Diddy documentary um, proceeds to benefit sexual assault victims. <clears throat> he told TMZ that basically all the money that he's going to make from this documentary about Diddy, he is going to, you know, give the money to sexual assault victims. And then he posted this. Put a molly all up in her champagne and she ain't even know it. Took her home and I enjoyed that and she ain't even know it. And then he posted this picture of Rick Ross and Diddy, okay? And then he also posted this video of Mark Curry where he's talking about how Diddy was spiking women's alcohol. We used to go to the, when we go to the club, we used to have these bottles, right? And on this bottle, they'd be, they'd be regular Moet bottles. On them bottles right there, they'd been to have something to make the girls be real, real slippery and all of this kind of stuff. So when you get up, they'd be like, don't touch them bottles right there. Okay, we heard all that last week. So now, um, let me read to y'all the, the, what he had wrote on here. So then on his Instagram page, 50 writes, what the F? At some point, you got to just do the right thing. So, you know, just basically going in. Now, if you guys remember, I remember I did a video about this years ago. This is when Rick Ross got in so much trouble because um, it was the, the song was called You Ain't Know or something like that. And when he was talking about putting mollies in girls' champagne. And so everybody was saying that this is wrong. You're trying to encourage young men to, you know, to date rape women. And a lot of white women were like, that was like the final straw. Uh, they were boycotting him. This went very viral. And he ended up losing his Reebok deal. So this was like a really, really big deal. Um, because back then you had a lot of girls um suffering from date rape and people like you know slipping things in their drink if you guys remember i did a video years ago about that young girl called jada and she went viral the hashtag was jada pose because some dudes had put something in her drink and they ardor and then they had her posed on the ground like i'm telling y'all the internet of the early 2000s and 2010s wasn't shit honey and I think she was like 14 and it was all over Twitter. She had been assaulted. They had her pose in like weird ways. And then people started making fun of her pose. It became a dance challenge. So we had the whole Jada pose thing going. Then you had Rick Ross talking about putting mollies in people's drinks. And everybody's favorite daddy, honey, little Boosie. He was talking about putting uh, mollies or ecstasy pills in people's booty holes. It, like I'm telling you, the early 2010s on the internet was the wild, wild west. So you had Boosie bragging about putting pills in people's booty holes and getting them high out their mind. Um, it was just a mess. But so it was just too much of the date rape culture, right? And so the white girls, the white women, they they had it. And uh, they got his Reebok deal taken from him. So for 50 Cent to bring this back was very, very, very petty because I even almost forgot about it. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think Rick Ross needs to just sit this one out okay i don't think i mean him and 50 they beefed like way back in like the early 2000s like 2005 or something they were beefing back and forth 50 cent got um what's his name the the drug at gunplay the cokehead um he got gunplay's uh chain snatch 
Um, I think there was some type of shootout when they had a BT award, like in Miami. Like their beef got really, really crazy. This is like some early 2000s beef. It got really real. Uh, 50 Cent had Rick Ross's baby mama on Smooth Magazine, and then he released like a sex tape of his other baby mom. So yeah, they were beefing for a long time. And really their beef is what launched thisis50.com, if y'all don't know that T. So that's what really made him, you know, launch his own website. And he just trolled Rick Ross. So I, I don't think Rick Ross wants that smoke. I think he needs to just go enjoy his shiny watch and his liquor and mind his business and let 50 Cent do the documentary. Because I know he don't want 50 Cent to go in on him. So, yeah, the, the early 2000s was is really, really ugly. Um, So 50 Cent just bought all that back last night. So people were dragging Rick Ross on Twitter last night. You know, the new generation, when y'all find out something y'all drag and go off and i'm like this is literally like 10 years old but go off children go off i'm here for it okay because that was a really sick line there's nothing funny about date rape there's nothing funny about slipping things in people's drinks and things like that so um i thought that was crazy he bought that up so let me go ahead and read some of these super chats here um tj sent 999 says yeah brooklyn here us and NY will show out for you when you're ready to come. My Caribbean mother said you can stay by her house, LOL. Thank you so much. I know I need to get back out to New York. I have not been to New York in a few years. I do need to come out there, do like an event or something, a, a meet and greet or something in NYC. So maybe this year in 2024, I'm gonna be doing a lot more traveling. So maybe I will this year. So thank you so much. Big up Brooklyn. Um, Let's see here. The silent voice in 499 says, hey T, hope all is well. Did you see Diddy's post about he's innocent? It's giving R. Kelly when he was yelling, I'm fighting for my life. Oh yeah. I did a video yesterday in case y'all missed it, breaking down the latest allegations with Diddy, supposedly, you know, R-ing a 17 year old girl, um, him and Harvey Pierre and some third assailant. So I did talk about that. Yeah, it's definitely giving that. You know, when R. Kelly was mad, I'm fighting for my freedom here. And I just cackled, like, sir, we don't care. Cause you 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 literally got away with murder, no pun intended, during the whole case. And all it did was make you more more arrogant. You thought you were untouchable. You know what I'm saying? Like you would think that after he got away with pissing on that underage girl and they found him not guilty, that he would have walked on the straight and narrow. You would have thought that after that he would have dated everybody 35 and up. You know what I mean? And just kind of his blessings. But it made him feel more arrogant to just do whatever. You know what I mean? So I felt no way. I thought it was funny. Gail King began all them damn interviews, child. Um, let me see here. Christina Gill sent five says, Hey T, what happened to the assistance from Diddy's show? I think people forgot about Diddy dropping people off in the middle of the woods. Oh my gosh, whatever happened to that show? And wasn't that big girl on there? She, they called her Popra. She was like a cross between... Puffy and Oprah. They called her Popra. Whatever happened to her? You couldn't tell her shit. That bitch was like, I'm working for Diddy. I'm the head boss. What happened to them people? He had them doing all types of weird challenges and shit. Oh my gosh. I forgot all about that show. Do y'all remember that show? It was a reality TV show like in the early 2000s of people wanting to be Diddy's assistant. Because the music obviously wasn't hidden. So he came back to reality television. Do y'all remember Popra? 
too many memories. Okay, we're, we're definitely going to take some notes on that. They're, they're definitely going to be my deep dive. Whatever happened to the assistants? Lorianne Gibson is still out here. I seen her not too long ago in L.A. She's still out here. Somebody said, come to Toronto. I might. I've never been to Canada. I might have to do that. I want to go to y'all's, what is it, Carnival in Canada. I would love to do that. I want to go out there, put on a little sexy outfit. I don't drop, you know, I don't, I don't lost some weight. Put on a little sexy outfit with the shimmers, with the titties out and shit. Okay. I want to go. I always heard that y'all's Carnival in uh, Canada was popping. I don't know when it is, but maybe I'll plan to come this year. I know there's like the big one in like the Caribbeans, but I always hear that the one in Toronto is lit. You know what I'm saying? It's called Caribana. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I've always heard about it. I want to go. I want to go, go. You want to go, go chase them. <laughs> it just sounds fun. I've always heard about it. It's in the summer. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give me a little cute little outfit, a little sexy outfit, Okay. And come out to Canada and come party with y'all. Y'all know Auntie love to party here. I cannot wait till my New Year's party. Shout out to everybody who got their tickets. Oh, we about to turn the fuck up. I cannot wait. We are celebrating 2024. 2023 was a decent year. Lots of blessings. Got a chance to meet a lot of new people. So I can't wait to see what 2024 has in store. Now, of course, you know, we're probably going to be going into a war, recession, you know, the economy. But we can't focus on all the bad stuff. We still got to focus on the good stuff. We still got to live our lives, you know what I'm saying? And just be grateful for every day that we're here on earth. Okay? So I'm still going to celebrate 2024 with a bang. Somebody said, where is Fontworth Bentley? Um, I ran into him at Essence like maybe two, three years ago. He's doing good. He's married. He has children. Um, he was doing some stuff with Kanye. Um, when Kanye turned into a preacher, he was doing, he was putting Kanye's uh, Sunday services together but I know Mr. Fonsworth Bentley has a story to tell I really want him to come out and say some stuff because I want to hear he's really cool though he's really really cool dude but I, I want to know like what was up with his relationship with Diddy remember he was always holding Diddy's umbrella just a weird really it was a really really weird relationship but he got a wife his wife matter of fact he was showing me pictures of his wife she looks like Drew Sedora because I thought that's who his wife was and he was like no Two different people. But his wife looks like Drew Sador. Really, really pretty lady. Not y'all putting rainbows in there. Y'all stop being messy. <laughs> that man is married now. He's saved, okay? He's into the church. Got a wife and kids. He said he had to get the hell away from Diddy. You notice when everybody leaves Diddy, they run to the church. They go and get saved. I want to know what the hell they saw while at Bad Boy. Remember Mace became a pastor, Loon uh, turned to Islam. Uh, I mean, everybody runs to get saved. So I don't know. All I know is, you know, I don't know nothing about his sexuality. All I know is what he's doing now is that he's a married man with two children. Y'all stop being messy. <laughs> Y'all are a mess. But I mean, from what I saw, he was doing good. He was doing good. So, you know, bless his heart, child. Uh, let's see here. The girl is real. Sent twenty dollars. Says happy holidays, T. Bad boy has such talented roster throughout the years. I know that deep dive is going to be messy. And I'm here for it. LOL. Rick Ross has been corny as f. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, sis. Thank you for the super chat. Yeah, they did. They had a roster. That's why I told y'all, you know, as much as people are trying to front on the internet, like, oh, I'm going to delete all his songs. I'm never going to listen to an R. Kelly song. Shit. 
bitch. Hell nah. These were the soundtracks of my life. Okay, and I'm all about nostalgia. I'm telling y'all, step in the name of love. When that comes on, I'm not turning it. I'm not about to tell Alexa to turn shit. I'm gonna start two-stepping in my kitchen, okay? Uh, Only You, one of my favorite songs by Mason 112. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not deleting my, my, you know, my 90s nostalgic music because of, a you know, how trashy Diddy was. I'm just not. I don't know how to lie to y'all. I'm just not gonna delete my playlist, okay? Not gonna do it, okay? Feeling on your booty, if that comes on, shit, I'm feeling on your booty. I'm sorry. I wish, I wish, I wish. These were the soundtracks of my childhood. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Even as shitty as Aaron Hall is, if, you know, if I miss you comes on, I'm gonna start boohooing and crying because that was my jam back in the day. So, I, you know, I'm sorry. I, I just, I, I'm not deleting shit, especially for music I paid for. Not doing it. So y'all just gonna have to be mad. You know what I'm saying? But I'm gonna keep it real. People be lying, oh yeah, yeah, I, I deleted my whole playlist. And then you jump in the car with them, you know what I'm saying? And R. Kelly come on, they know it word for word. Bar for bar. Like quit playing. Quit playing. Yeah, look, 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 look. Uh, FN says remix to ignition. Thank you. That's my song. It's the remix to ignition. Hot and fresh out your kitchen. Mom rolling that body. Got every man in here wishing. Sipping on coke and rum. I'm like, so what? I'm drunk. Don't play with me. Don't play. I'm not deleting shit. That song comes out. I'm singing it bar for a bar. But it's still fuck R. Kelly. But that's still a good song. I'm sorry. Okay. I like B2K, bump, 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 R. Kelly wrote that. That song comes on, I'm going to be bump, 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 okay? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just keeping it real, y'all. I don't know how to be fake for the internet. I'm just keeping it real. Yes, FN, that is my jam, okay? That is That lives in the back of my head, rent free. It is what it is. <laughs> y'all got me over here singing and rapping, oh my gosh. That is the jam still. I, I hate it, I hate what he's done. But bitch, I'm gonna have to separate the man from the music, okay? I'm just saying, okay? Diddy ain't shit, but Diddy got a lot of Diddy bops. Let's keep that real, okay? So, yeah, I'm sorry, child. Uh, yeah, I I'm not deleting my playlist. <laughs> you know, I like y'all's new music, you know what I'm saying? Um, one of my little friends, you know, got me listening to like, you know, young people music. So, you know, I'm being more open. I've been listening to some Moneybag Yo, uh, NBA Young Boy. See, now I'm, I'm open to the new stuff, but I'm still old school. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's this song I I heard? I never heard it before. Renata by NBA Young Boy. I was like, okay, this is kind of a bop. It's different. But I like my old school music. I give new school, you know what I'm saying? I will give the new school rappers a chance, but I prefer my old school. I'm sorry. <laughs> It is what it is. Um, so let me go ahead. Let's let's talk about the next topic here. Let's go ahead and segue. I can't believe I've been on already 26 minutes. Time be flying, child. So let us talk about uh, Nick Cannon. So he's back trending on social media. So if you guys don't know, now they're trying to switch it up. So this flyer went viral all over social media where they're trying to have... I, when I seen the flyer, I'm like, what year is this, 2010? If you guys remember back in like the early, you know, 2010s of the internet, they would have all these light skin, dark skin parties. 
like flyers and stuff about oh there's a light skin versus dark skin party in charlotte light skin versus dark skin party in atlanta and so these flyers would go viral and they'd be all these little think pieces on social media about them so but we haven't seen this because i thought you know yes there's still colorism trust me um but i thought we'd move beyond the whole light skin versus dark skin thing right oh no not on social media Dusty Nick Cannon and Zeus Network, they're decided, they decide to throw a light skin um, versus dark skin party. So let me share my tab. And they are currently getting drug all over social media here. So, oh, me and my baby. I still can't believe he's 18 now. All right. So this was the flyer. And it says uh bad versus wild dark skin versus light skin and you see all the chicks here and some of the light skin girls they've made them look even lighter i think that stunner girl and stunner girl is light skin but she's not that pale um then you have all the dark skin chicks over here and sukiana is performing she's the same girl who's always crying about colorism but engaging in this fuckery um so Zeus Network says tomorrow we got the baddies versus wild Las Vegas is going down. So they were promoting this. Um, Sukiana got her dark skin team going up against Mr. or MX, whoever child, and her light skin team. And of course, Suki the Goat will be hitting the stage. So this is what they posted. Once they got backlash, they tried to redo the flyer and take off the light skin versus dark skin and just make it the bad girls versus the wild girls whatever and so um that was them trying to front and stunt but they changed the flyer so the new flyer that's going around social media was after they caught backlash so we're going to hear this young man he talks about it too nick cannon and zeus network are under fire for promoting a bad versus wild show that is colorist thing that's right they are hosting a show that is labeled dark skin versus light skin but catch this some of the models even on the flyer have been photoshopped to look brighter than they actually are now again zeus network originally posted this flyer and then again immediately or well, almost close to immediately deleted it after receiving so much backlash on their instagram and then of course the internet was like ah, 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 you gotta be faster than that and then also went after nick cannon for even stamping something like this now of course this is the same okay so y'all just heard what he had to say so i want to take y'all back to my instagram page because there's a young lady who left a comment and i had pinned her comment and i want to share with y'all what she said she says not surprised i went to wildin out almost two years ago and hitman holla was really colorist towards me he let all the light-skinned chicks take pictures with him and when i asked him he told me no i even got pushed to the ground by security when I was trying to say hi to Conceited. He was saying hi to my friend who was light-skinned, but as so, as I wanted to say hi, I got pushed, but as soon as I wanted to say hi, I got pushed to the ground. Only one cast member was nice enough to take a picture with me. He was the big guy who always eats food on the show. He was really humble and nice. That show is racist and so are the cast members. I'm not surprised that Nick Cannon and Zeus did this. Did anyone notice that Zeus tends to give people of lighter skin spinoff shows, baddies, Natalie Nunn, Jocelyn's Cabaret, B. Simone, Black China, the list goes on. So I am really sorry that she experienced that. Like nobody should get hands put on them simply for asking. 
you know, to take a picture. But um, I don't watch Wild and Out, and I've always felt like it was more of a colorist show because even a lot of the Wild and Out girls, they're all racially ambiguous. Um, you know, light, bright, damn near white. And again, like I always say. I don't like the whole colorist thing because nobody can help how they're born, right? Like I can't help how dark I am, just like a light-skinned chick or a mixed chick can't help how light they are. People are just born what they're born, you know what I'm saying? My boys are light-skinned. Like nobody can help their complexion. But what I don't like is when people try to act like their skin tone is better than somebody else's, you know what I'm saying? And social media like really really pushes that and that's the part that's like really frustrating i don't even understand why like why suki of all people who's always crying about colorism and how you know she gets mistreated in the industry because she's dark-skinned why she would even play into this i just think it's, it's just so divisive like we have enough things that divide us as a people and especially as women you know what i'm saying why even go into the whole skin color thing you know, especially being that it's just, it's such a touchy subject and people feel like, oh, colorism is not real. Dark skinned girls are always crying about some shit, but no, it really is. And it still goes on to this day. You know, that's why a lot of times I don't go clubbing in Miami because I have been disrespected in Miami, you know, when I've gone out with my homegirls, you know, we're all looking cute, just like the Latinas and the light skinned chicks, you know what I'm saying? We're dressed up, looking good. And they'll literally like, not make eye contact with you and try and look above your head and then like bring in all the spices. So like they're very colorist in Miami. So, and my thing is y'all know me, bitch. I will not beg you to take a hot dime of my money, okay? I'm not gonna beg you to take my fucking coins, bitch. Oh, you wanna act funny? You wanna act like we not here and we are not looking bad too? Next. So there's certain cities I won't even hit their clubs because they're so colorist, you know what I'm saying? That if you're not mixed or racially ambiguous, they don't want you there. And it's really unfortunate, you know, but it, it just is what it is. But I'm not going to let that make me feel bad about myself or make me feel like, you know, I'm unworthy. Bitch, I'll just throw my own party. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, never let nobody make you feel like you had to beg them for like a space at the table. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to create my own table, you know. And I feel like, like I said before, that's probably why it's taken my numbers a while to grow and why I don't get pushed through the algorithm. Cause y'all know the algorithm hates anything Brown. And we pushed that, we, 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 we peeped that, um, with the girl pinky, the pinky doll or whatever, the, you know, the one that, um, ice cream. So good. Ice cream. So good. Her who ended up being a sex worker, but remember, she had to make her skin look really, really light on camera that people accused her of light skin fishing. But I understood why she did that because if she was just brown skin doing the same thing, she wouldn't have been pushed through no algorithm on TikTok. So she made herself look super, super light. You know what I mean? And ice cream's so good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she went viral off of that. And it just shows you like really that the algorithm is, is colorist. People are colorist. Look how many people were mad when they found out that she wasn't a light bright. They were like really, really upset. Like, oh, she catfished us and this, this and that. Good. I'm glad she did. Because it just goes to show you that they really don't push you through the algorithm if you're not a certain complexion, if you don't have certain features and things like that. But it's all good. I'm going I'm to I'm sit here on my little, you know, struggle channel with my brown skin, okay? And, you know, just, just grind even harder. It is what it is. I'm not about to bleach my skin and, you know, 
change my ISO to get pushed through the algorithm. I don't give a fuck. People are gonna fuck with me regardless. You know what I'm saying? If you like brown skin girls and, and you rock with us, cool. If you don't, move around. There's plenty of other girls doing commentary. You ain't got to watch my black ass, okay? But I just, I don't know. I just think it sucks though that, that we're still doing things like that. And especially with Nick Cannon, I feel bad because he does have a brown skin daughter because he did knock up that dark skin girl who to me is a fucking idiot. Uh, beautiful girl, had no business even jumping into this circus. So are you are you gonna tell your light skin kids to what? Is it gonna be a versus in your household? All your, you know, your, your 15 light skin kids versus this one dark skin child? I just, I don't like that. It's not cool. You know what I'm saying? Like I just, I hate colorist people. It's not a good look. And how's your daughter supposed to feel when all her siblings are light brights and she's the only brown one and then you're sitting here promoting some nonsense. And the thing that's so funny is that a lot of the guys who perpetuate the, you know, the divisiveness between women, a lot of them are nothing to write home about. You sitting here not trying to make eye contact with dark skinned girls in line and you look like if you didn't work there, they won't let your ass in the club. Let's keep that real. So some of these guys who are so colorist are nothing to write home about their damn selves. Short, overweight, don't got nothing else going for themselves. So they want to sit here and be divisive and have women, you know, beefing with each other. I just, I don't know. I just think it's disgusting. And it's really sad because I like Lemire. I, I met him, the owner of Zeus Network. But I just feel like, damn, dude, like you were, your daddy's a pastor. This was initially a Christian network. Okay, fine. You know, you want to promote ratchet shit because more people started watching Zeus once he became ratchet. When it was a Christian network, people weren't tuning in. Okay, I get that. But like, why just keep, you know, taking it to the next level? Like, why why just keep being trashier and trashier? You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't need the whole colorism thing. And especially like even, I remember people were accusing Natalie Nunn of being colorist because they said she was saying stuff on bad girls club back in the day you know i'm not i forget because this was years ago so it's like you've already been able to reinvent yourself with baddies why are y'all playing into this whole light skin versus dark skin thing so i'm not here for it i don't like it i think it's trash i you know it's, it's not cool let's see here zeus is a mini pimp ring I don't know. They're doing everything but what their initial calling was, you know? And I get it. I get it because people tune into the low vibrational ratchet stuff more. You know, like I said, when he had, you know, more of a Christian-based show, people weren't tuning in until, like, it just totally turned to what it is now. But now they're doing a bit too much, like, by trying to have this whole light skin versus dark skin thing. Like, this ain't 2010. Uh, let's see here. Silk Nice says, last girl from Detroit, Diddy is done for real. Thank you so much for the super chat. Appreciate you. Uh, Miss Alea Johnson sent 10. She says, hey, beautiful T, I got a little something, something to show my appreciation for your hard work. Happy holidays to you and your family. Love you and keep up the great work. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, sis. And thank you for tapping in today. Uh, let's see here. Tani. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tiny H sent $49.99. Says Laverne Cox was one of the first contestants on Diddy's reality show. I want to work for Diddy. And I'm curious as to what happened to the only other contestant that was on the show. 
remember Billy McFarlane? And he went on to be a part of the Fire Festival. Damn, I gotta go back and watch that show. I had no idea that Laverne Cox was on the Diddy show and Billy McFarlane, who ended up being like one of the biggest scammers of our generation. And you know he's about to do a Fire Festival too. And dummies are actually buying tickets to go to Fire Festival too, even though Fire Festival One turned just literally burnt up. So I didn't, I, I did not know Billy McFarlane was on that show. I gotta go back and find that. Is it on um, YouTube? I might have to go through like the archives of the internet. Cause I forgot all about those contestants. I just remember Popra. Cause I remember she was like so over the top. But thank you for the super chat. I appreciate you love. Uh, Kira Hart Sim5 says, it's a shame all these women are beautiful but brown skin is absolutely gorgeous. Thank you for the super chat. Yeah, I think everybody, you know, I don't, I, I don't go off of skin tone. I feel like really, it's really about like your features. Like if your face is asymmetrical, cause just cause somebody's light doesn't make them cute. Just cause somebody's dark doesn't make them cute. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a whole bunch of stuff. And then, and then also personality, you know what I'm saying? How you carry yourself, how you treat people. I think it's a little bit of everything. It's, it's definitely not skin tone. Cause I've seen some people, it's like, okay, they're light, okay. And then I seen some people, it's like, oh, you know, sexy chocolate. No, you know what I mean? So it's just, it, it depends on a whole bunch more than that. It's just not the skin tone. People who are just stuck on skin tone are just immature. Cause it's, it's, it's a lot more than just your complexion. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's my personal, you know, thing. Uh, let's see here. Golden Goddess says, Jesse Wu experienced the same thing on Wildin' Out. That's why she became a cast member because she bought it to social media and Nick saw that. Mm. Let's see here. I am Mandy T sent $20. Thank you so much, Mandy T. I appreciate you. Uh, LaShawn Brady sent $4.99. Thank you so much for the super chat. Appreciate you. All in the T sent $5. Says keep keeping it up. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, love. Uh, no, not your average brother sent $19.99. Says, hey T, thank you for going live tonight. I ordered my sweater and got a notification that it is shipping soon. That is awesome. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for ordering a sweatshirt. Bam, for y'all who missed me in the intro. These are on sale right now. So you guys, make sure you guys go out and cop one. Um, they're limited edition. So thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you on that. So yeah, I just, I don't know. I think the whole thing is just, it's unfortunate um, that it's like that. You know, as far as like the industry and colorism and things like that. Um, but again, you can't you can't worry about it. Like you can't let things like your skin tone, your weight, other people's opinions of you matter. You know what I'm saying? You have self-love starts from in here. So if somebody doesn't like me because, you know, I'm dark skinned or whatever, then that's not the person for me. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about loving yourself first and then everything else falls into play. I don't think it's about shaming other people because I don't like that either. Like when, um, you know, women are colorist towards each other, you'll have brown skinned girls, you know, throwing shade at lighter skinned girls and vice versa. I think all that shit is corny. You know what I'm saying? So like, let's not do that. Just celebrate each other as women, no matter your skin tone. 
Because I have women of all skin tones and races who follow me, and I love that. I, I really do. I love, you know what I'm saying, when I have my events and I just get to see a wide range of just women, you know what I'm saying, regardless of what your skin tone is, just embrace that. Because like I said at the beginning of this, nobody can help how they're born. Nobody can help if they're dark skin, if they're light skin. You know, genetics are crazy, you know what I mean? So like you just never know. So just embrace yourself and don't worry about what other people think about you or your complexion. So thank y'all for that. Somebody says rejection is protection. I like that. Yeah, sometimes people reject you and it's a good thing because then it just, you know, leaves you open for somebody who will love you and love every bit of you. You know what I'm saying? So just keep that in mind. So how long I've been on here? Okay, 43 minutes. All right, y'all. So let's go ahead and talk about the next topic. We have how many people are here? Over two, over 6,000 people in here. So shout out to y'all. Thank y'all for coming through tonight. If you guys are liking the conversation, make sure y'all hit the like button, please. Okay. Um, let's see. So we got to talk about this Russell Simmons situation. Um, this dude is such a weirdo. So you guys know that, you know, Mr. Russell S Simmons, you know, Mr. You know, Yoga Yoga Ho Hum Hum. Um, he's been in a whole self-exposed exile in Bali. The, during the whole R. Kelly situation, a lot of people were getting caught out. So remember when everything was happening with the R. Kelly case, the whole Harvey Weinstein case was like just lighting up Hollywood, right? And so a lot of people were calling out, you know, all of these men in power, including Russell Simmons. And so he had a lot of sexual allegations placed against him. And all of a sudden, we turn around, his ass is in Bali, honey, upside down with his legs in the air, you know, doing bicycle kicks and shit. Um, so he's been out there hiding. But he does creep to America every now and then. He'll creep and, you know, come and do things with his daughters. But then his daughters cussed him out a few months ago. So I don't think he'll be coming back anytime soon. So since 2017, he has not addressed any of the allegations that all of these women levied against him. So now today he's finally speaking on Good Morning America. Now this is a 15 minute interview. We're not gonna watch the whole 15 minutes, but we will watch um, about five minutes of the interview. So let me go ahead and uh, share this tab with you guys. And we're gonna hear what Mr. Russell Russell, ho hum hum, Mr. Yoga has to say. Three different girls after every show. Culturally, we thought that was- Hold on. I want to start from the beginning. Hold up. We're going to watch this tab instead. Okay. This morning, music mogul Russell Simmons stepping away from his businesses. Russell Simmons, now the latest big name, left to defend himself. Nine women accused Simmons of a wide range of misconduct, from vulgar language to assault to four instances of rape. What did he do? He raped me right up against wall. Excuse my language. But he, that's what he did. I had to keep this secret. He showed up naked wearing a condom and tackled me to his bed while I screamed and fought and said no and cried. That's right. If the allegations are not true, why would all these women accuse you? I heard someone else say this, you know, that I was quite frivolous. Look, there's a song by Houdini, I'm a hoe, you know, I'm a hoe. 
three different girls after every show. Culturally, we thought that was the right way. And a number of sexual partners and compromising positions I put myself in is beyond anybody's imagination. You said and, you had more foursomes than most men have partners. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and that was, that wasn't really, that was just, I think it was cultural and silly and egotistic and, and sad and, and from an insecurity that feeds it. And a lot of reasons why we were that way. If you slept with as many people as I slept with, thousands. And we're talking about six people. There were like 20, right? I mean, that, oh, that I, oh, I, from oh, I spoke poorly. Oh, you mean like, that's not, no. Yeah. I, I spoke poorly to, to 15 of them. I mean, 12 of them. I spoke poorly all the time. I'm a deaf comedy jam guy. I was crude. So how many compromising situations was I in? And if you call that person and say, can you help me help these other women? And you can get them to tell a story and reimagine a story. And I'm not here to say what they were thinking, but I can simply tell you that I was in so many compromising situations that people can have a recollection from 30 or 40 years ago. And it can be different from my recollection. And it could be one where there was perhaps collaboration. If you had more foursomes than most guys had once, could someone leave and feel hurt? Could someone leave and feel they wish they hadn't? Could someone reimagine a story out of thousands of people? Could someone want notoriety in a market where people thirst for fame, even infamous? Could someone who just came out of jail and want to sue you because they had an experience and they can reimagine it just a little bit different? And could you be vulnerable enough to accept it? I took nine lie detector tests. People don't know that. Nine separate. Seven from the chairman of the Polygraph Association. One for each of the serious accusations. One for the, when someone said, for instance, I was violent. One person said that, I've never been violent. Took that. And one for I apologized. I never apologized about assaulting anyone. But if two people say it, because one said it and me too, and second person said it, then I took a test for it. Three hours per test by two polygraph examiners. One that I've never done this to anyone and one I've never done to each individual. Do y'all, I'm sorry, do y'all hear these crickets in the background? Even the crickets are like, boo, shut the fuck up, you're lying. Dear, 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 dear. Do y'all hear how the crickets are getting louder as he's talking? People say this, they're not accurate. But if they're 94% accurate, I did nine of them. It's pretty clear that uh, I don't believe it. I even asked if, what if I believe it, but it's not true? He said, your subconscious will get you. I said, I don't know how true that is, but that's what was told to me by the chairman of the Polygraph Association. He was filmed, by the way, you know, talking about this. So this. Okay, I can't. Let me come back on the screen. Them crickets are creeping me out. Yeah, I don't like bugs. I don't like a lot of weird noises. I have really sensitive ears. Everybody who knows me in real life, you can't even call me with your windows down and the wind blowing. It really hurts my ears, so I can't listen to any more of that bullshit. The crickets getting louder and louder as he's speaking. Bitch, I hear y'all. Even the crickets pulled out their tiny violins on his ass. Russell, shut the fuck up. First and foremost, okay, let me let me say this, okay? Let me say this. 
You dated a sophomore in high school at the age of 35. Okay, at your big age, Kamora Lee was in the 10th grade. She was a sophomore. When you was going up to the school, picking her up, and you know, her mama condoned it. Um, so I don't really put anything past you because you and your wife are like 30 something years apart, okay? On top of that, his whole thing is, I took, you know, nine polygraph tests. I took seven of them by the state of whoever in New York, you know, administered them themselves. Let me say this. Russell's a very, very woke person, right? He's into like Buddhism, mysticism. Um, and when you're into things like that, there's certain things that you can do where you can like play with your heart rate. Um, you can go into deep meditations. There's certain things that you can do to change how a lie detector tests, how the results will come out. You know, because he's, a, he's, a, he's very spiritually in tune now. He wasn't always spiritually in tune, but he is now. So you mean to tell me that he couldn't have been there at the lie detector test, holding his breath, you know what I'm saying, for like extra amount of minutes, doing things to change his heart rate? Like, for all I know, this fool could have astro projected while he was tied up to the damn lie detector machine. His damn soul could have been in Bali and his physical body here in New York. Like, fuck out of here. I'm not buying that at all. I'm not buying it. His ass was probably astral projecting all around the room and shit. <laughs> looking down at the damn, looking down at the damn person giving them the test. Like, oh yeah, I'm about to pass this shit. <laughs> and then as soon as it was done, he fell back into his body. I mean, I know it sounds crazy. It may sound like a reach. But hell, anything is possible in this world, okay? Anything is possible. But I, I'm not buying it. But I will say this, let me, let me also be fair to say this, right? Um, one, I think it's disgusting that anybody would be proud of sleeping with four women in one night, you know, having thousands of sex partners. You know, I, I just feel like part of that comes with low self-esteem. And I don't care if you're a man or a woman. If you gotta spread yourself that thin, when you gotta sleep with everything that walks, that says a lot about you and how you really feel about yourself. Cause there's a such thing as slow ties. I don't want hundreds of men knowing how I get down in the bedroom, knowing my essence, you know, that just, that's creepy to me. You know, so imagine just like banging every girl that comes to your show. That's just disgusting. But I will say this as well. Are there real victims in this situation? Absolutely. I believe that the truth is stranger than fiction, right? I believe that in all these cases, there are real victims, right? Just like the R. Kelly case, there are real victims. But there are also women who are not real victims. Because one thing that does also happen, and I'm going to keep it real. Y'all can get mad. Y'all can, you know what I'm saying, be pissed off at me. But I've said this before. Regret does not equate rape. You have some people who regret the things that they've done and they've allowed men to do to themselves. Then when they get older and they're sitting back thinking about it like, damn, I was really used up and, you know, I was a fucking pass around. Now, you know, they're in their feelings. And I just got to keep that real. I'm not saying that these women who have come out are not being honest with their stories because I feel like there's some deviant shit with Russell Simmons. And I've been saying that for years. I've never been a fan of him. 
I don't like when people try and switch up their persona that much. Just like brother love. You know what I'm saying? You went from being, you know, oh, it's all about the bling bling era and I'm Diddy and, you know, can't stop, won't stop. Take that, take that, take that. Till, you know, I'm all about love and peace. Bitch, since when? And that's how I feel about Russell Simmons. If y'all know the old school Russell Simmons, that motherfucker was doing eight balls of coke and all types of shit. And now it's, oh, peace, peace be unto you. I, I don't like stuff like that. When people change their personality that drastically, it sounds like you're running from your demons. And you know, you're getting older and you probably hellbound and you're trying to atone for all the fuck shit you did when you was younger. So the, the change with Russell and Diddy, that ain't never sat well with me. But with that being said, regret doesn't always equal rape. Because see, the problem is a lot of these chicks, you know, we like to say that oh, the sexy reds, it's the Sukihanas. Oh, there was some big old freaks in my day too, okay? A lot of y'all was running behind two live crew, doing all types of crazy shit on stage for attention. Freaknik. Now, I never went to Freaknik because I was a broke-ass little girl. So I never had no money to travel. During spring break, our travel was from St. Paul to Minneapolis. Okay, and we just kicked it out there. But a lot of folks who had money traveled down to Freakniks. A lot of y'all's mamas and aunties and everything else. I saw some of the videos that came back from Freaknik in the late 90s. Y'all hoes was sucking dicks in cars, letting random guys run trains on y'all, doing all types of shit. I'm not saying maybe they weren't high or somebody, you know, spiked the drink. I don't know. But it was a lot of freaky stuff that was going on back in the day. Okay? Pull over, that ass is too fat. Toot, toot, pull over, that ass is too fat. Okay? So, and I think what it is for some people, and, and Kay Harris, you can thumb me down all you want to, bitch. I don't care. I'm about to speak my mind. Okay? You're here watching me. I'm not watching you. But what I'm saying is that are there real victims in these situations? Absolutely. But the problem is when these cases come up, you also have people who weren't necessarily real victims. They're people who are now living with regret. They're people who are passed around, used up, and now they have nothing to show for it. Because that was the mentality for some women is, you know what I'm saying, use what you, use what you got to get what you don't got. Players club. You know, sleeping with guys for money. Oh, he's a baller. He's rich. He's the, you know, the, the, the balling ass dope boy. So I'm going to sleep with him and, and get money from it and get paid and I'm a freak and this, this and that. And then when you're at home alone and you got to look at yourself in the mirror and all these bodies that you've collected sexually, it fucks with you as a woman. Because as a woman, I don't care, I'm about to preach right now, we are not built like men. A man can sleep with a thousand bitches and there's no connection for them. But we're not built like that. We can try and lie to ourselves and, oh, I'm a freak and, you know, big sexy and, you know, I'm Suki and I can, you know, we, we can lie to ourselves, but that's not how our bodies work. When you are giving yourself to somebody, you become really spiritually connected with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's very hard to tap that off as a woman. Like at first, it's like, oh, I'm getting money, I'm a prostitute, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an escort. But after a while, it really starts to bother you. And it takes from you. You start to look old and withered and, you know what I mean? Because you've been with so many people and they've just used you. And that's what I'm saying. Like, we, we got we to gotta change that narrative. We're not men. We're not built like men. So that's why I don't really like some of, like, 
how the rap girls be rapping. Like, you know, it's just, you know, I'm a city girl, fly me out. You know what I'm saying? I'm a fuck for a bag. And no, if it's like that, then why are you on social media crying and running behind Diddy, Carisha? If it's just about the money and the city girl lifestyle, why are you in your feelings? Why are you fighting and, and you know, going back and forth with Diddy's other chicks? If you're so proud of that lifestyle, because your feelings are involved, because you're not built like a man, you're a woman. And that's just, I'm just keeping it real. I don't trust none of these high power guys as far as I can throw them. But let's, but let's also not act like there are a lot of women who did a lot of freaky deaky shit back in the day and they have nothing to show for it. So I'm going to jump on this so I can get me a bag. I'm just saying. Yeah, and I'm unbiased. I'm going to keep it all the way real. It doesn't excuse anything. It doesn't take away from the real victims. But that's the problem when you have cases like this. You have a mixture of everything. And then you got to sort out, you know what I'm saying, who were the real victims, who were really, you know what I'm saying, affected by this man, and who was just here for trying to get a quick bag. And there's some real victims, because I, I did my own little deep dive. I didn't never, you know, make a video. But I did my own research into a lot of the allegations that were levied against Russell Simmons. And they were very disturbing. He definitely used his position of power at Def Jam and other places where he was assaulting even women who worked for him. So he was, he was definitely a sicko and a deviant. And this is why a lot of these men are overly protective of their daughters because they know all of the sick demonic shit that they did to other men's daughters, other men's mothers and sisters. Isn't it funny that when it comes to his beautiful daughters, Ming Lee and Aoki, notice they're not out there like that? Beautiful girls, super smart, got their degree. One from NYU, the other from Harvard. Aoki speaks several languages. Notice she's not out here thotting and bopping. Diddy's twins, they're under armed security guard 24-7. The game's, you know, always crying about his daughter and no, his shotgun for any guy, but had no problem violating other people's daughters. T.I. and Hyman Gate. People have to watch how they treat other people's daughters, mothers, and sisters. Because like I always say, the same tears that a woman is crying for you will be the same tears that you're going to be wiping off your daughter's face. Best believe that shit. So, I don't know, man. The whole situation is crazy. I couldn't get through his interview. I can't do crickets and weird sounds. And the fact that those crickets were getting louder and louder as he spoke... Said a lot. Y'all know animals have intuition. And them crickets was like, boo, boo, tomato, tomato, tomato. Shut the fuck up. Lying and shit. <laughs> them crickets had their tiny violins, honey. I'm like, is it just me? Because I'm, I'm looking around the room and shit. Like, is there a cricket in my house? Like, what the hell? They just start getting louder and louder. Oh, we. Russell, your, your spirit is not right, sir. Them crickets wanted him to shut the hell up. Even they were like, give his ass a tall glass to shut the fuck up. Because none of this makes any sense. Let me go ahead and read some of these super chats here. Um, let's see. Uh, ooh, I, hold on, I think I read that earlier. 
Oh, Vicky Vicky sent 499 says Fonsworth is married to Marlon's girlfriend from White Chicks. Yeah, that's who he's married to. And she looks like Drew Sador to me. Because when he was showing me pictures of his wife, I thought it was Drew Sador. But yeah, it's the lady from White Chicks. Very pretty lady. Um, Kelson 499 says, hey, T, you look beautiful. I love this sweater. I'm ordering mine tonight. Love you. Love you too. And thank you so much for the support. Appreciate you, sis. Enjoy your sweater. Make sure y'all take a picture too. Tag me. When y'all get y'all sweatshirts, take a picture so we can repost it on Instagram. So thank y'all so much. Um, let's see here. Live from NYC, Sim 499 says, I agree. There's a huge difference between getting penetrated versus doing the penetrating. Live from NYC, what are we talking about? <laughs> what? <laughs> thank you for the super chat, love. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there is a huge difference. Y'all be wilding up in this chat. Oh, let's see here. Uh, LaShawn uh, Brady, Sim 499 says, love for the short kings. They can't control their heights, just like skin color. I definitely agree. Shout out to all the short kings out there. Because there, there be a lot of little, you know what I'm saying, cute little short guys. You know, shout out to y'all, you know, saying fun things come in small packages, okay? So, no, there, there do be a lot of cute short guys, you know. So, don't, you know, we don't, we don't knock the short guys here, but, you know. Everybody knows I like taller guys. It's just, it is what it is. But I do tend to attract a lot of short guys. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm nice. I'm nice to the short guys too. You know, give the short guys love out here. Everybody can't be six foot three, okay? <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. Men can't control their heights any more than women can control their complexions. But I just hate like when it's like a short, nasty guy and you're colorist. Like what you're not going to do is be short and colorist, bitch. We, you going to have to pick a struggle, okay? Can't be colorist and short. But um, yeah, no, nothing wrong with short guys at all. How y'all doing? <laughs> hey, short man. Hey. <laughs> all right, LaShawn. She said, you're not going to do the short guys like that, T. I know that's right, sis. <laughs> um, let's see here. L Ladina Ruiz sent 499 says, hey, T, thank you for doing this live. You have a tech background. What's up with ladies buying Afrotech tickets to find men? We need the tea. Mmm. Let me tell y'all this about Afrotech. So one of my cousins, I had talked to him like, I don't know, it was like Afrotech weekend. Because I've never been to Afrotech. He was supposed to be a speaker at Afrotech. And I don't know, they ended up canceling his set or something like that. And he was saying that he felt like it was very unprofessional there. That it was just nothing but partying and people just looking to meet people. They weren't really talking about technology. Because when he's, because I guess he does speaking engagements and he's done things at like white tech events. And when it's, you know, comes to like the white tech events, they are really talking about technological shit. They're talking about AI. They're having those real conversations on stage. What you're paying for, you're getting your money's worth. Now, after the seminars and the event, then there's after parties. You know, then they go and they party and stuff like that. But he felt like Afrotech was just one big party the whole time. And there is barely any, any learning about tech. You know, and that's the part that's just sad. You would think, yeah. Um, you would think that, you know, something like that, because we need more black people in tech. You know what I'm saying? Like, I worked in IT for years. And we need more people. We need people in IT. We need people who do, you know, security and things like that. 
And it's a very, very good field. And it, it's so many things you can do in IT, right? From security, you know, to graphics, you know, to like, you know, just web design, all types of stuff fall underneath that umbrella. But he said he felt like it was just one big party. There's barely any technological information, barely any talk about AI. So I don't know. He was really disappointed. So I, I don't think you're lying when you're saying that people are buying Afrotech tickets just to hook up and meet people. Just like with that... um. Who was them people earn your leisure or something? They would be doing like the, all the finance. Remember everybody was into the whole finance stuff, you know, during the pandemic. And yeah, you know, learn about credit and credit repair and all that stuff. And I remember I got invited, not by them, but like by some of my friends in Atlanta. They're like, oh, you should fly down here. They're doing the big earn your leisure financial summit or some shit. And um, so they sent me the link because I think it was like the second year. So they had the first year, it was the second year. So when I went to go do more research on it, I'm like, it just looks like a big party. I'm not flying down there for that. So I didn't go. You know, like, I feel like when I, if I'm spending money for something and it's about like a specific topic, finance, tech, I'm coming for the information. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want to get the information. We can always, if we end up being cool at the event, you know, exchanging numbers, you know, clicking up or whatever, we can always go to the club after the event, but I, I come for the information. So, oh, Invest Fest. Yeah, that's what it was called. People said it was just like a big party and people felt like they didn't really get their money's worth. Like as far as like the knowledge, like they could have got a lot of the knowledge online, you know, not to knock them. Cause I don't, you know, I don't know. That's what a lot of the feedback was. It was just more of a party than it was like real investing, real tangible stuff that they could take back home with them. So I think that that's where we got to kind of, watch it when we're doing things like in black spaces like really make it about the information really make it about things that people can use to then better themselves once the convention is over you know what i'm saying so i think that but i i love the idea of it of afrotech because we do need to have black people in the tech sector have you know spaces like that because when you work in it especially being black and i know when i did it for target corporation i mean it was probably maybe like a total of five of us black people in the whole company. Well, the, in our whole, not the whole company, but our whole division in IT. Because I worked on everything that made a Target store run. So from the camera systems to the POS systems, um, laptops, we took calls for headquarters, the stores. I could log into any camera system in any Target around the country. So sometimes on my lunch break, child, when it'd be cold and shit in Minnesota, I would log into the camera systems in Florida and look at the sunshine and the palm trees. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I need a vacation. But um, yeah, so we would be doing all of that. And it's not a lot of black people in those fields. It's mainly white men. So, you know, I, I love my job. I love what I did. Um, I remember the hardest part was when Hurricane Sandy was hitting the East Coast. A lot of people don't know this. I can talk about it now because I don't work there. I haven't worked, you know, for Target in years. But I think some of y'all know if you guys used to go to my old live, my old pot, um, blog talk radio show with Ronan during Hurricane Sandy, we had to be on top of it because we had to shut down. Our team shut down every single Target store on the East Coast. And I got to work. I had to clock in at five o'clock in the morning. So I used to, I remember I had to go to bed early wake up, I had to be at my desk at 5 a.m. And um, so we had to prepare for Hurricane Sandy. And so 
when the stories caught in, those people had to be our hands and our eyes and ears. And it took literally anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour to shut down every single store. Because it's not like a flick of a switch. You have to go into the systems, you have to back everything up. You know, the charges, the returns, all of that has to be backed up. Then, you know, the POS system, everything has to be shut down, you know, one by one. There's not like just some switch like, okay, we're just turning off the switch, target is off, go home and prepare for the hurricane. So I remember that was very stressful. We had to shut down every single store that was in the Hurricane Sandy vicinity. So that way everything would be backed up. So yeah, man, your girl's not a dummy. You know, a lot of y'all be like, oh, she's, she's so inarticulate. No, I'm, I'm, you know, I really did this. I really did do IT and you know what I'm saying? Computers, like I may not know a lot about Mac makeup, but <laughs> MacBooks. You know what I mean? So I love when I see girls getting into the tech space. So um, like I said, I would love to go to Afrotech, you know, um, and check it out and see what they do. But from what my cousin told me, he was really disappointed. He thought he was going to get a lot more out of it. And he felt like he didn't. So, but again, you know, I had to check it out for myself. But yeah, shout out to everybody in IT. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to, you know what I'm saying? All the, you know, the brainiacs out here. Cause it's not easy. IT can be very, very stressful, very, very draining, you know, cause it's your job to solve stuff, you know? And even like here in the house, like when I have something technical that's like stomping me, like I get into my IT bag. It's like, okay, what happened with this? What went down before this happened? I'm taking things apart. I'm re-putting things back together. So yeah, it's like, once you get into that field, you never really leave it. Like even now, like I'll still take things apart. I still have like my IT like toolkit with all like my mini screwdrivers and shit. So I can like take apart like laptops and, you know, swap things out and stuff like that. So, you know, I still know to ground myself, you know, so that way I don't shock myself when I go into like the back of a PC. So yeah, man. <laughs> Shout out to all the nerds out there. <laughs> But thank you for that. Uh, thank you for the super chat. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you. Uh, let's see here. Um, D Ewing Mc, uh, McReynolds sent $10. Says, hey, T, I've been following you since your hair videos. I miss hearing about Ratchet Ass Florida, LOL. But I'm absolutely proud of how far you've come. Hashtag Minneapolis follower. Okay. For Minneapolis, what side? North side or south side? And better yet, are you coming to my New Year's Eve party? Email me, you know what I'm saying? We're basically out of tickets. Um, I still have a few reserved for just only Twin Cities people. So no more out of town people. Just, I think we have about five tickets left for people in the Twin Cities. So if you wanna come, D Ewing, send me your username and let me know. So shout out to my Minneapolis people. I got family on both sides. I got my kids' family, they're all Northsiders. You know what I'm saying? Northside child. Um, 40s, 42nd and Dowling. That's where my oldest son grew up um, until we moved and then we moved to North Carolina. And then we had family that lived right off of Broadway. But I grew up on the South Side. So I was in the 30s. Y'all know about them, Dan. The the, the, the the 30s. I was there over off of 38th is where we hung out. Right? When it used to be Wings and Ribs. Wings and Ribs is gone. This is how long ago it was. That whole area has changed. Gentrification is real. 
I remember walking up to Cup Foods, you know what I'm saying? Like back when we were young. So yeah, the whole South Side, I grew up over South and then we also lived in St. Paul. So I know South Side and North Side, but my, my kids' family, they're North Side. My family was more or less on the South Side of Minneapolis. So yeah. <laughs> no, not Cub Foods, but Cup Foods. The whole George Floyd, well now it's called George Floyd Square. But yeah, Cup Foods with the, with the P. Cub Foods is our grocery store. People get that mixed up all the time. Yeah. I don't, you know, and it's so funny because it's like I really don't be out like that. Like, like I tell people I just live here. Like, I don't really know, like, all the popping people and who's doing what. I don't, I don't, I don't go out like that. I go out every now and then. Like, I don't know all the people from, like, the gold room. Like, do you ever do stuff at the gold room? People have asked me. I'm like, no. I don't, I don't know who's, like, running the show up here. I do everything in Atlanta. Like, Atlanta is, like, my second home. Like, that's where all my connections are. My connect, I just live in Minnesota. I don't know who's running anything up here. So I just do my own little, you know, I'm doing my own little shindig here. For New Year's, I didn't want to do New Year's in Atlanta because I want to be here for like the snow. There's not going to be any snow down south. That doesn't feel like Christmas or New Year's to me. So that's why I'm doing it here in Minnesota. But other than that, it would probably be down south. But, um, you know, I, I love Minnesota. You know, I love it. I like it here, but I just live here. You know, I just, you know, I'm just quietly here. I go to the Mall of America. I usually run into tea sippers at the Mall of America. If I'm like in downtown Minneapolis walking around, um, you know, I run into people and stuff like that. But other than that, I don't I don't hang with like a clique of people in Minnesota. Like I wrote solo dolo. Y'all know that. <laughs> I'm solo dolo out here in the Twin Cities. But yeah. I can't wait to come back to Atlanta though. I can't wait to come back down south. Y'all know I can't. I can't wait. Somebody says, I love your little stories, T. Who said that? Uh Punani Dasani. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's that's an interesting name, Punani Dasani. I love it. <laughs> Y'all are too funny. Um, let's see here. A trip down memory lane says, hey, lovely T, can you say it's your girl T Fizzle for a nice throwback? I love your chin. <laughs> I haven't said that in a long time. What I used to say, like, what's up, world? It's your girl T Fizzle. Oh, my gosh. I haven't said that in years. Y'all are too funny. Thank you so much. That's when my ex-husband used to record my videos. He was like, oh, you got your own. Because that's when Snoop Dogg had his show called like Televizzle, T-Fizzle, Televisual. So I kind of, it was a play off of Snoop Dogg show that was on MTV. And my ex-husband used to always say that. Oh, we about to shoot your little T-Fizzle show. <laughs> I haven't said that in years. That's so funny. Um, let's see. Antoinette Chanel sent $49.99 says, you're an inspiration to me. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for coming through tonight. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. Uh, Miss Reed sent $19.99 says, people are out here calling themselves love or out here doing yoga and they're out here raising hell. Oh yeah. Yeah. Brother loves new moniker. Didn't fool me. Mm -mm, not at all. Uh, Nadra Star sent $9.99 and a sticker. Thank you so much, sis. I appreciate you. Um, Sorry on Demand sent $19.99. Says, T, keep speaking truth to power, girl. Also, when are you coming to the DMV? When was the last time I was out there? I think I haven't been to the DMV in about a year. I do need to come back out there. I like the DMV. My, um, 
Half of my other family, they live out there in Delaware. No, I haven't been here. I was out there six months ago. I was in Philly and Delaware. So, but I just haven't been to like DC and Virginia in a while. But I was in Philly and Delaware uh, six months ago. So I'm gonna definitely have to make a stop out there. So thank you. So now, um, did we, okay. This was the last time I wanted to hit on before I leave because I've been out here for an hour already. Um, did y'all catch the tea? about Kimora Lee's house burning down. Social media right now is arguing on if Diddy has something to her house burning down. Well, it didn't burn down, but it caught on fire or Russell Simmons because Kimora Lee has been out here kind of spilling tea. So there's been all types of conspiracies on TikTok with people trying to figure out if Kimora Lee, um, if Diddy or Russell are after her. So we're gonna go ahead and watch this TikTok video because she came out Recently, matter of fact, let me show, let me read this to y'all real quick. So this happened the other day, in case you guys didn't know. Um, let me see if I can zoom in on this. Kamora Lee says, my house caught fire. The kids and I are fine. I cannot express enough of my deepest gratitude to the numerous battalion ladders and units that, uh, that attended to us for many hours today and quite possibly saved our lives, thank you. So you guys, you guys see that. Folks are saying that somebody threw a Molokov talk, uh, cocktail in her fireplace. They're sending her a warning shot. So we're gonna go ahead and watch this video really quick. So I think it's time that we start to talk about this fire that took place at Kamora Lee's house on Saturday. And before you say don't start, I am. And I'll be honest, I was a little reluctant about talking about this because I wanted more information to come out, but in all honesty, it doesn't seem like much is coming out. So what we know is that Kamora addressed that her and her kids are safe, that there was a fire that took place at her house around 5 a.m. It is believed that her youngest son, who is eight years old, Woofley, actually found and notified everybody about this fire. As you can see, it looks like the fire started at the fireplace which makes sense and would make many people think that this wasn't a malicious or deviant act. But allegedly, some people are very kind of frightful and feel a little fearful for Gamora because of her having such strong ties to this guy's past and knowing so much about her best friend's past and her other friend's past and knowing what this book was all really about. So I will admit, even though Kamara Lee is saying that this fire is like no big deal, a lot of people are a little bit scared for her right now. With all this going on, and there's a lot of media attention going around, and Kamara has also been very vocal about I tried to, you know, look the other way for things and turn the other cheek and I don't know, I sometimes feel like um, some of those things come back to haunt you over time. All right, let me come back on the screen, child. So y'all just heard that. A lot of people are really thinking that there's more to this story because Kamora Lee was best friends with Kim Porter, who is Diddy's baby's mother, who died about three years ago, I believe, maybe longer than that. And so, and also their other friend died as well, who wrote that book called Bling. And so when Cassie came out with everything, 
against Diddy, Kamora Lee was basically like sending subliminals, subliminals shots towards Diddy, saying that the truth, you know, will set you free. And, you know, she was going to start like some type of woman's thing for like women who were victims so that way they can share their story. So it seems like Kamora Lee is no longer protecting the men in her life, i.e. one being Diddy, who was her best friend's, you know, man. Um, and then Russell Simmons, because remember when Russell Simmons allegations first hit, you know, she wrote a bunch of bullshit. It was just, she was basically speaking in cursive. Like, yeah, you know, um, this is a man I've known for a long time. She had a lot of excuses for Russell and it made a lot of people give her the side eye. Because again, when people bring up the age difference between her and Russell, it was always y'all are just jealous. Y'all just don't want me to live my best life. And it's like, well, no, we kind of feel bad for you because you was getting dicked down at 15 by a 35 year old. But I digress. Your mama allowed it. So I think now she's done protecting these men. I think now, you know, she's seeing like protecting them. It doesn't do anything for her. And I just find it very, very just ironic that all this stuff is coming out. And then on top of it, we know Diddy likes to blow up shit. You see, you know, Kid Cudi co-signed everything that Cassie said. That Diddy, you know, blew up his car in his driveway. Thank goodness Kid Cudi wasn't in the car. So a lot of people are really side-eyeing Diddy right now. They're like, you know, was there a possibility that, you know, he doesn't want Kamorley to say anything else, to insinuate anything? Because if she was to come out against him or to even speak on something, you know, that might really end him. Because she definitely knows where all the bones are buried. You know, so again, this is just internet speculation. I'm not accusing anybody of anything because I have no proof. But that's just what these internet streets are saying. Some people think that Diddy may have been behind it. Other people think that it's Russell Simmons. Because you know Russell Simmons, he lost that lawsuit against Kamora Lee. And he owes Kamora Lee $100,000. Remember, that's when they got into it a few months ago and she was putting out all his business, said the man was gay, uh, you know, finally admitted that he groomed her. And they ain't been cool since. So did Russell Simmons, you know what I'm saying, send some goons to hit her house with a Molotov cocktail? I don't know. But it's very interesting that all of a sudden, you know, her, her damn chimney and fireplace are just blowing up mysteriously. So from what I'm hearing, she doesn't want anybody to know where she and her kids are living, which is smart. And then also, let's not forget the white dude, her, her last baby daddy. Um, that, that scammer who owes everybody a bunch of money too. You know, they fell off. Could he be sending shots at her as well? Because again, she knows where the bones are buried. So she has a lot of shady men around her. So even, you know, the, the crazy white baby daddy, who's a, you know, fake billionaire, he could have been sending her a warning shot too, child. So I don't know. I just find the whole situation just insane. But we'll have to wait to see, you know, what else comes out of this. But I'm glad that she is okay, though. All jokes aside, I'm glad that she and her beautiful family are all okay because that is just scary. You know what I mean? To, like, even have to deal with something like that. So we'll just have to, like, wait and see, you know, what, what ends up um, coming out of all of this. So let me read these last few super chats. I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. Shout out to all. We got, got up to, what, over 7,000 people. Please hit that like button if you guys like this stream. Please hit the like button. Um, Jennifer Oliveira said, 1999, says, Hey, T, I work in immigration for an Indian IT company, and they hired 17 Nigerian people for the first time in 12 years that I have worked here, and I had the pleasure of also onboarding them into the company. That is awesome. 
Thank you so much for the super chat. I'm glad that just means that more black people, you know what I'm saying, are getting into IT because the, the Indians and the Pakistanis, they definitely have IT on lock. They definitely do, you know, and part of that is the culture. Like while all our kids are out here reciting, you know, rap lyrics, like th those, who's a little boy that went viral for like, he's like literally six and he's saying that you need to suck his peen rx something some little boy some little ratchet little boy and i feel bad because these are not the words of a six-year-old y'all can write his name in the chat he has a whole rap song about how you got to give him head and and i'm just like what the fuck is this so while we're sitting here telling our kids to drill and kill and you know be overtly sexual male and female these in, these indian parents they're putting their kids in coding they got their kids working on it so yeah it's sad yeah, he went viral. We didn't post him. I'm like, I'm not posting this. This is nothing more than shot. Yes, little RT. Uh, who wrote that? King Kingland. Thank you so much. Yes, little RT is his name. And he's talking about y'all need to. He needs head. I'm like, who touched this little boy that he even knows about head? Y'all not ready for that conversation. But yeah, I got millions of views. And he's talking about killing people. And he's literally like six years old. And people think this is cute. But that is the difference. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I couldn't do nothing but shake my head. I'm like, we're not reposting this. I'm not reposting a, a, a small child bragging about oral sex. That is disgusting. And the fact that somebody wrote those lyrics for him and he's saying that and, re and reciting what he's being told to say, like he sounds like a little kid. He doesn't even have like a grown little kid voice. His cadence is terrible. He sounds like he doesn't even know his ABCs. But yeah, it's sad. He's a victim. He definitely is a victim. And I blame the adults around him. You know, same thing that happened years ago with Little Mouse when he first got into the drill music scene, you know? So there's another Little Mouse in 2024, cosplaying a gangster. So let's see here. Um, Indigo says, can I go to the event? I'm on the north side. Indigo, um, send me an email. Send me an email and um, I'll send you the information. Um, it's going to be December 31st. So it'll be in Minneapolis. But yeah, send me an email, sis. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, Lilith Boy said 999 says, Short King here. LOL. I love you. Thank you so much. I love you too. Appreciate you. Thank you for the support. Shout out to all my short kings here. Okay. We don't discriminate around these parts. <laughs> so thank you for coming through, y'all. This has been a wonderful stream. Thank y'all so much for tapping in. I know I just go live unexpectedly. I have no real schedule. I hate schedules. I just like to go live when I feel it in my spirit to go live. So thank y'all for joining me unexpectedly. That's always like a treat. You know what I'm saying? To just see some people just show up randomly when I do a random live stream. So I'll be back this week with some more videos. We will have a Zoom meeting tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. So we'll have a Zoom meeting tomorrow for all the Discorders. Um, so other than that, I'm probably going to start working on my deep dive next week. So that is my goal. I have to get everything with this party. So we should be done finalizing everything, just finishing off contracts and all that stuff um, by tomorrow, hopefully. Um, and then I can focus on my deep dive. So I can't wait. But thank you guys. Everybody have a good night. Love y'all. I will talk to y'all later. Bye, everyone.